بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا وحبيبنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنه قال وآت ذا القربى حقه والمسكين وابن السبيل قال بدأ فأمره بأوجب الحقوق ودله على أفضل الأعمال إذا كان عنده شيء فقال وآت ذا القربى حقه والمسكين وابن السبيل وعلمه إذا لم يكن عنده شيء كيف يقول فقال وإما تعرضن عنهم ابتغاء رحمة من ربك ترجوها فقل لهم قولا ميسورا عدة حسنة كأنه قد كان ولعله أن يكون, أن يكون إن شاء الله إمام بخاري رحمه الله Under this chapter which is about kindness towards relatives, joining the relationship, joining the kinship, narrates the tafsir of the ayah of Qur'an on the authority of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. The ayah says, وَآتِ ذَا الْقُرْبَى حَقَّهُ وَالْمِسْكِينَ وَابْنَ السَّبِيلِ Give your relatives their rights. Walmiskin and to the needy Wabn Sabil and to the wayfarer, to the travelers. So Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this ayah has instructed us on way to start from when we are fulfilling our responsibilities financially towards people. So first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the qurba your relatives. And then you move forward to wal-miskeen, to the other poor people in the society. Wabna sabil and then to a traveler, a person, a stranger, in simple words, will be a stranger to us. So the first right out of other people that have on us is the right of our relatives. Which a lot of times when we are at a point where we can share things with others, we really don't care about relationship. In fact, many times people would prefer to give it to the other needy people as compared to their own relatives. Maybe because of some experience that they have with those relatives. And within family, there is a lot of hear and see. Every time there is a gathering, especially in the families, we come back home, oh, you know, uh, 
We hear stories, that person's son said this to my son and that person's daughter said this to my daughter and that woman was like this to me and that woman didn't say salam to me and right there you feel that okay, I'm going to stay away from these people. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us of that the, of that responsibility and Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu in the light of this ayah is telling us Allah started with the most important rights people have on us and those are our relatives and then so Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu says if a person has something to offer others Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is instructing us to start with our relatives. Now, if a person does not have anything to share with people financially, then the ruling Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Isra, Mainly talking about parents, that if you turn away from them, they ask you for something and you are not able to offer them what they are asking for at this time. Son, I'm in need of some money. Can you send me money? Son, I'm about to buy this car. I need you to send me this much. I'm about to buy this house. I need your help. I'm about to do this, take this project on myself. I need your help in this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, maybe at that time your situation is such that you can't afford it. You are not able to offer them anything. You can't be harsh with them. You know, every time you call me just for this and you never call me when you don't have any need and you know, I have been giving you so much. And maybe if you tell them, I'm not able to do it at this time, they will be upset. And they will say, you don't like to help us, you do this for your family, you do this for yourself, and you did this, you bought this, you bought... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَقُلْ لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَيْسُورًا Then, tell them a word of ease. Make it easy for them. You are not able, able to help them financially. So at least, make the situation easy for them. And tell them a word that will comfort them will make them feel that you really want to do it. It's not that I don't feel like doing it. I'm upset because you asked for it. Show them that how happy you are because they asked for it. How much you appreciate them asking for it. And how much you appreciate them remembering you whenever they have a need. I really thank you. You called me at this time. I'm not in that situation. But inshallah, make dua for me. Inshallah, Allah will open up the doors. I'm going to help you. I'm going to support you. I'll do something inshallah. So Abdullah ibn Abbas says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is instructing us in both situations. If we have something, then he's telling us to stand with your relatives and who could be more important within relatives than our parents and then of course the other relatives. And if you don't have anything then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, if you turn away from them which means you're not able to give them and you're rejecting their Request. You're hoping to receive some rahmah from Allah, which means Allah will have mercy on me, will give me, inshallah, I will share it with you, I will give it to you.
Then Abdullah ibn Abbas says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further instructs us that when it is the time to give, وَلَا تَجْعَلْ يَدَكَ مَبْسُوطَةً إِلَىٰ Do not keep your hand chant towards your neck. Don't keep your hands always tied with your neck, which means you are not giving anything to anyone. وَلَا تَبْسُطْهَا كُلَّ الْبَسْطِ And do not extend it all the way out. Because فَتَقْعُدَ مَلُومًا مَحْسُورًا in that case, you will be sitting blamed, which means people keep on blaming you or you will keep on blaming yourself. And you would be destitute, which means you will always feel bad of I gave that person everything. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is instructing us about giving also that when it comes to your able to offer something, don't tie your hands to your neck and all the time, every time there is a need, no, I can't do it at this time, I, I'm not able to do it. That becomes a habit of a person, really. It is a fact we need to wear, we need to look at ourselves. No one can judge us for anything we can or we cannot do. It's a fact that we need to remember we cannot judge other people. Sometimes you look at someone, you judge people by their homes. And it happens. You look at someone's house, oh, this house is worth a million dollars. And you think, this is a person who's going to do everything for me. I'm going to go and ask him, and this person is going to just write one check, and I don't have to ask anyone else. And you go with high hopes over there, and the person tells you, you know, I'm so sorry, I can't do nothing right now. Look around me. Look at all of this, and you tell me you can't do nothing. Who knows? He was at that situation when he bought it. Now situations have changed. Maybe he took long to get all of this and now he has a repaying his loan or something. Wallahu we don't know people's situation. This is why we should never be judgmental about people doing or not doing something. But we know ourselves. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, if a beggar comes to you, he has a haq on you, even if he came on the most expensive horse. Because we don't know. He maybe he may maybe he bought the horse at that time when he had it, and then situations changed on him, flipped over, and now he's not able to even maintain his horse to feed his horse. You have family. Sometimes, mashallah, you do well, and then sometimes, may Allah protect us. But people's situations change, so we should not judge others, but we know our situation. We know where we spend, how much we spend, how much we can spend, how much we keep on saving. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't make a habit of just tying your hands to your neck all the time. Everyone, every time someone comes to you, he finds your hands are tied up and your hands are chained. Like you're our prisoner. That, you know, this is what do when with the worst situation. Normally they would handcuff. In old days they would not even handcuff. But nowadays handcuff is so common, especially in this part of the world, that anything, even the security guard will have a handcuff with him. So, if a person, they consider the person even more dangerous, then they will shackle the person, tie his feet and his hand behind his neck. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't become like that person who is always a prisoner and he is 
in a situation where he can't really do anything, he can't make any move on its own. This is how you became like you do not make any move when it comes to giving out. Don't be like that person. On the other hand, there is another extreme. And that is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives some people something. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it to them, they would go and spend everything out. Oh, you know that I saw that project. I, I think I'm going to just give all of it over there. Subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Don't even expend it all the way out. That you give out everything that you have. Maybe by hearing this, we may remember the incident of Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu and think, but he did it. Tabsutha kull al-bast. We know a lot of people who a lot of people who hold back and they never give. But we still have some examples of those and we see who would be at the level of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq in taqwa, in piety. And then not only that, in understanding the deen, in ilm, in knowledge. And he knows this ayah. And still, when Rasulullah sallallahu asked for charity, for sadaqah, he went and he gave out everything he had. And Rasulullah sallallahu found out too. Asked him, Abu Bakr, what did you give for your, what did you leave for your family? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I left Allah and His Messenger's name. And Prophet didn't say anything to him. He accepted his charity. So then, how would this apply to that situation? And how would we understand Abu Bakr anhu's incident in the light of this ayah? Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq anhu's iman was totally at a different level. And this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَتَقْعُدَ مَلُومًا مَحْسُورًا You may be then later on find you uh, sitting, find, uh, find yourself sitting in a position that you are blamed. Either others are blaming you, then why did you spend everything? And you feel bad and you feel sorry. You see the word taq'uda is also very meaningful that you're now sitting down. Which means now you really lost all of that motivation that you had and you're sitting that said uh, sad upset and people are blaming you you are blaming yourself why did i do this so the situation of sayyidina abu bakr as-siddiq was such if he doesn't have anything to eat he's not going to go and complain ya allah you know i heard the hadith saying if you spend one i give you 70 and i will give you 700 but i'm not getting anything a lot of people will start having objection. Oh, I heard if you make dua right away, Allah will answer your dua. And I've been making dua for two years and it is not being accepted. See, we are very weak with our iman. Abu Bakr iman is such that at the time of the battle of Badr, Rasulullah is making dua. And finally, when Rasulullah would raise his hands up high like this, that means it's done. And this is Abu Bakr radiallahu is watching, is standing behind Rasulullah sallallahu guarding Rasulullah sallallahu and Prophet sallallahu is making dua. Allahumma anjizli ma wa'attani. Allahumma anjizli ma wa'attani. Allahumma anjizli ma wa'attani. Allahumma innaka intahlika hadhi al-asabata min al-nas falan tu'abada fil ardi abada. And he raises his hand, Ya Allah, fulfill the promise that you made with me now today. Ya Allah, fulfill that promise today, today, today. And Abu Bakr, and when he raised his hands, Rasulullah sallallahu the sheet, the upper sheet that he was covering his body with, fell down. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu went 
he picked up the sheet, he put it back on Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, Ya Rasulullah, kafaka munashadataka rabbak. Enough Ya Rasulullah. Allah for sure have answered your prayer. That's his iman. A person who can say these words to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah have answered your prayer, Ya Rasulullah, enough. That's it. Ya He's seeing the situation of the army. A thousand warriors are against these 313 who don't even have enough, forget about swords, they don't even have knives in their hands. They're holding sticks in their hands. And then he's saying, no, don't worry, Ya Rasulullah, Allah have answered your prayer. You don't have to worry about it. That's it, Ya Rasulullah. What type of iman would that be? What type of tawakkul is that? What type of trust in Allah is that? So of course, with that type of iman, this person is not going to be the one who will taq'uda maluman mahsura, who will just sit and he is now hopeless and he is blaming himself and people are blaming him. This person's iman is so strong that after giving up everything, still he is ready to give more than what he has given before. And anytime I have it, it's going to go and going out. I'm not going to save it. I don't need to save it. When he is in Maradul Wafat, when he's about to die, and they asked him, should we bring someone to treat you? And of course, this is Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. His heart is connected all the time with Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows his position now. So he knows, that's it. I'm leaving you. So, هَلْ نَطْلُبُ لَكَ should we call the doctor for you a tabib? They said, Tabibi ladi amradani. My doctor is the one who made me sick. Which means my Rabb who cures me is the one who made me sick now. And that simply means I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm not going to live anymore. I'm leaving this world. So that's iman, that's trust. He knows his connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another situation, there was a Sahabi who came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The hadith says, he came with a gold equivalent to an egg. And he gave it to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, Ya Rasulullah, this is everything I have earned in my life and this is all of my savings. This is, I'm giving it to you, fi sabirillah, sadaqah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he put it in front of Prophet ﷺ, Prophet ﷺ picked that gold up, that piece of gold, and he threw it back at him. He says, take your gold back. You don't need this. Tomorrow you will go and complain that I gave this and I did not receive anything back in return. He knew the difference of the level of Iman. So we should go according to our levels, not according to the level of Abu Bakr And here I may just bring some reminder because we are not the only listeners here, we have a lot of other listeners and maybe reminder for someone uh, somewhere. You know there are certain hadiths where Prophet has forbidden us from having our pinch going below the ankle. And some people say, oh, it's allowed because that is only when it's out of arrogance. If it's not out of arrogance, then it's fine. 
and I'm not doing it out of arrogance. How do I know I'm not doing it out of arrogance and it's allowed for me? They say, you know, once Rasulullah sallallahu said to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Abu Bakr said, Ya Rasulullah, my pants keep on keep going below my ankle because they used to wear futa, you know. So they used to, he used to tie it on the stomach and he used to say, Ya Rasulullah, he said, Ya Rasulullah, the way my stomach is that it just slips down a little bit sometime and then I look down, it's on my ankle. So it's below the limit that you have told us. So Rasulullah said to him, Anta lasta You are not of those, O Abu Bakr. Which means, I'm not, I can tell you, you are not doing it out of arrogance. So now people say, see, he was allowed, so I'm allowed too. I'm at the level of Abu Bakr. And you could be at the level of Umar and Uthman, but I'm Abu Bakr. Taking this hadith, if someone really takes that hadith, then he has to apply this hadith also, that give up everything that you have and see what happens to you. Then we say, no, no, my iman is not at the level of Abu Bakr. So if our iman is at the level of Abu Bakr, then do this also. And then we will compare your iman with Abu Bakr Anyway, this was just a reminder that, of course, Abu Bakr and the level of his iman is such that there is not even a doubt of objection there. For us, we, at any time a person could think, oh, you know, the Hadith says, and the Raya of Quran says, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يَنْفِقُونَ مَوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةِ لَمْبَدَتْ سَبْعَ سَنَابِ فِي كُلِّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِيَتْ حَبَّهُ 700 times. Oh, you're getting 10 more people. And I gave a charity two years back, and I didn't get anything yet. You know, they say a person, uh, some people, uh, scholar, someone went to a town in a village and he gathered the villagers and he gave them a talk, you know, you give, you come to the masjid and Allah will give you barakah in everything. You pray to Allah, you come and uh, establish the salah in the masajid, Allah will give you barakah in your work, in your business, in your time, in everything. One of the villagers was very impressed and he says, that's good, you know, if you're getting barakah, okay, let's go. So he comes and this person has four cows and one lamb. So he came, he came to the masjid, he performed salah. After salah, when he went, he found that one of the cows was dead. And he went back to the sheikh. Come, come. You told me there is barakah for salah with jama'ah. This is the first time I came to the masjid and I did it with jama'ah. I went back home, my cow was dead. What happened to your barakah thing? He said, you know, Allah will test you first. So stay strong. Okay. Next time, he, next Allah, he comes, he goes back home, the other cow was dead. And Sheikh, what happened? He says, you know, Allah is testing you, don't worry, Barakah will come. After four prayers, four cows are gone. It was their qadr, it was their time to die. Had nothing to do with the salah. But he's attributing this to salah and he's waiting. Why Allah is not fulfilling his promise of giving me? Now, he comes and he says, you know, that's fine. Four cows are gone. Maybe another test. Let me try one more. He went to the Jama'ah again. He did, went back. He has only one lamb that's left. And the lamb is making some noise. Bang, bang, bang. So he says to him, you be quiet. I'm going to kill you with one rakah only. The cow died with the full salah. If I drink only one rakah, you're going to die. So you be quiet. See, the person is waiting impatiently. does not have any patience even with Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we start 
judging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wal billah, questioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a problem. This is a major problem with tawakkul, with trust. And this is where the difference is. So that, this is why, the reason I mentioned it is that sometime a thought will come, you know, okay, the ayah says, don't spend everything, and Abu Bakr did spend everything. We have contradiction here. It's not a contradiction. It's based on the level of iman. And this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, وَلَا تَبْسُطْهَا كُلَّ الْبَسْطِ Then Imam Bukhari rahimahullah mentioned another chapter of the virtue of Silatul Rahim. The virtue of joining the relationship. And the hadith is narrated on the authority of Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu who says, أَتَى رَجِلٌ أَنَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ A man came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ إِنَّ لِي قَرَابَةً أَصِلُهُمْ وَيَقْطَعُونَ Ya Rasulullah, I have some relatives. I join the relation with them. I maintain the ties with them. But they keep on cutting it off. وَأَحْسِنُ إِلَيْهِمْ وَأَحْسِنُ إِلَيْهِمْ وَيُسِيْءُونَ إِلَيْهِمْ And I be kind to them. But they are always behaving with me in a very bad manner. And these people are behaving very foolishly with me. Jahal in Arabic language, when someone will curse at you, is ready to fight, argue, all of these type of uh, situations where a person is confronting you. But, Ya Rasulullah, on the other hand, I'm very forbearing with them. I'm very polite and soft with them. So I don't treat them like that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَإِن كَانَ كَمَا تَقُولُ If the situation is, as you are mentioning, كَأَنَّمَا تُسِفُّهُمُ الْمَلْبُ As if you are putting whole dust in their mouth. وَلَا يَزَالُ مَعَكَ مِنَ اللَّهِ ظَهِيرٌ عَلَيْهِمْ مَا دُمْتَ عَلَى And as long as you keep on having this attitude with them of kindness, of behaving nicely, Allah will always keep an angel to protect you and to help you. So you are having a help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as you are being soft and kind and keep on joining the relation and they are behaving in an opposite manner with you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the first thing he said is, This is just like if you are feeding them hot sand. What happens to a person who, whose mouth is full with hot sand? He is not only burning, but now he's getting thirsty, he's choking, he has dust in his mouth. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, this behavior of yours is going to bring you a help and protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and at the end is going to bring them difficulties and punishment in the hereafter. Because, وَلَا يَزَالُ مَعَكَ ظَهِيرٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ ظَهِيرٌ You will always have a protector and a helper that is an angel assigned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with you. So you have that help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of that. And on the other hand, for them, 
they are filling their mouth with hot sand, burning themselves and choking themselves, destroying themselves, punishing themselves. The point Rasulullah is making here is that don't treat them the way they are treating you. Because if you do the same, then you will be in the same situation. You are then taking the same type of punishment. So if each and every individual in the family will take this beautiful instruction from Rasulullah and realize that if I treat them nicely, then I'm having Allah's support with me. And if anyone else does not treat me that way, they are putting themselves into difficult difficulties and they are putting themselves into hardships. I'm not going to be the one who would put himself in that type of situation. In simple words, you are telling them that I'm not going to go in that low class as you are in. I will stay where I am and this is who I am. I'm not going to do what you are doing. And what a beautiful way of telling us that, you know, normally if someone will come and start telling us stories like this, you know, I have one of my relatives, he pushed me away and he cursed at me and he did this. Just imagine, sometimes we hear this thing in our families. Someone within the family will tell you, you know, that brother did this, I called him and he cursed at me and he said this and even cursed at my father and did he do this? Now you need to teach him a lesson. Now you need to, right away, you know, we blow up. Rasulullah even in this situation, so calm and making this person also very calm and telling him what his responsibility is in this situation, which means you continue doing what you're doing. You continue doing what you're doing, regardless of how they're treating you. You don't behave like them. That's the main thing. You don't become like them. What we normally would do, we will advise the person to start misbehaving also. Now imagine if every person in the family is misbehaving, then what is going to happen to that family? The whole family is going to be broken down. Now there is no good person in the family that is upholding to the values and the connection and the relations that is holding all of that together. There is no one. So Rasulullah is telling us, you be that person who will stay connected, who will keep calm, who will forgive others, who will just let these type of situations go. And what is my benefit in doing that? I'm not getting anything. You know, they will keep on doing it. I just keep on taking the abuse. Rasulullah says, telling us what is greater than Allah is assigning an angel to keep on supporting you. Just like there's an incident read in the hadith. A person came to Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq while he's sitting with Rasulullah and for some reason this person was upset with Abu Bakr and in the presence of Rasulullah this person started cursing at Abu Bakr Prophet is just sitting there Abu Bakr keeps his head down and he's quiet and he's calm and Abu Bakr is hearing it and there was a smile on his face what the smile is for? To keep Abu Bakr also calm. You look at the other person, he's, he's good. He's not upset. If you see him upset, then okay, I can do something. But if you see, you see that he's calm and he's smiling and he did not, his attitude is not changing, okay, then that means he's not upset. I can keep calm. And the person kept on going on and on and on. And finally, 
it came to the point where Abu Bakr said enough is enough and he just got up and said one word one word in return to that person Abu Bakr the next thing that happened was Rasulullah got up and left Abu Bakr realized that Prophet did not like me saying this to him so he got up and went behind Rasulullah Ya Rasulullah I'm sorry I'm sorry if I did anything wrong. But Ya Rasulullah, you see, he was going off limits. And he did not stop at his limit. So he kept on going on and on. I just said one word, Ya Rasulullah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the reason I got up and left is, while you were quiet, there was an angel that was responding on your behalf. And when you got up and when you said that word, the angel went away. And now Allah left you to yourself. And shaitan came between two of you. And of course, I cannot be in a gathering where there is shaitan in between the two people. How, what could be a better lesson for anyone who is put in a situation where someone is just on your nerve, getting on your nerve, and is getting you off your boundaries now. That's it. You are extremely upset. Still, the beautiful teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa stay calm, stay quiet. If you're sitting, hadith tells us, you're getting angry, you're sitting, lay down. Fall into the sujood before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Put your head down, because anger is a flame of a fire that makes you want to go up. Fire, you see it always going up, fire doesn't come down, it goes up. So anger wants the person to get up, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. Other person just wants to get up, and everyone's saying, no, no, sit down, sit down, sit down. If you stay calm, you sit down, the anger will go away. But if a person gets up, now he's responding to the fire that is burning inside him. So, Rasulullah is teaching us beautiful, really beautiful teaching, although it's very and extremely difficult to hold up to this level of patience. But there is something that we need to learn from Rasulullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide all of us to Surat al-Mustaqeem and give us tawfiq to benefit from these beautiful teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uphold to these beautiful values and the akhlaq that we learn only and only from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqih, Sayyidina wa Habibina wa Nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.